podcasting from the great state of Texas, home to cowboys, boots, and stars that are big and bright, comes a podcast host that sparkles wherever she goes. This is Gums and Gossip. She's the dental educator behind the mask and the hygienist with a lot of heart, ready to share her advice, her stories, and her special guests from the other side of the dental chair. And now, here's your host, Hope Lloyd. Welcome, everybody, to Gums and Gossip Podcast. I'm Hope, your gum goddess podcaster, and I have an extra special guest on. I have known Kathy for a long time, and I am so honored to have her on the show today. She is the president of the Texas Dental Hygiene Association, and I wanted to share some knowledge on the legislature as a hygienist, and I'm going to come out and be honest, I am not, I never knew all the political stuff. I was in the Student Dental Hygiene Association, I was back in the day, and I was the treasurer, but I really wasn't honestly actively involved in a lot of things, and I feel so honored to have Kathy Nobles on the, she's incredible she's actually <laughs> i love this because i can share with everybody the values of being a hygienist in the state of texas and having all this fun stuff that we can sit there and, and gum gab about so welcome kathy to the show well thank you and thanks for having me i appreciate it yes so she does so much for the community and I know when I went up, I was at the Greater Collin College uh, Dental Hygiene Association. They do a lot of different events and things that help, I think, gather community together. And everybody is so welcoming, so warm, and it starts from leadership, and it starts from the top of, of all that. I want to um, really, she's retired from doing clinical hygiene. <laughs> I am. And she loves to work out her arms. I was noticing your arms were so <laughs> fit when we were like at the last meeting. And I was like, wow, it was so inspirational. <laughs> Just FYI. Anyways, do you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, um, just to kind of start with that and maybe how long you've been doing hygiene and just kind of touch base, and then we'll start talking a little bit about the whole TDHA. All right, well, thanks again for having me. Like I say, um, or like you said, I love to work out. I love to wear sleeveless, oh, I love to wear sleeveless, so, you know, I can. And it was funny because we, we have this calendar, and on the back are fun facts, and it's not just humans that like to flex their muscles, it's kangaroos too, so just a fun fact there. Oh, and, how funny, <laughs> kangaroos. <laughs> anyway, so I was, an in accounting and management for many, many years, and I decided I wanted to be out of that, so I went to hygiene school. And I love to work out, I love to garden in our garden, we have native gardening, we are very green people, we love to ride the trails in Plano on our bikes, and we now have our 27th foster dachshund that we have adopted. Oh my goodness, a foster dachshund? Yes. <laughs> That's our four-legged child. Oh, <laughs> I have a four-legged child too. Yeah. I have Australian Shepherd. Oh, she's my Shepherd. she's my baby. She was a mm -hmm. rescue as well. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. just we have that heart. I think in hygiene we have that heart mm -hmm. where it just our compassion and, and even I know so many people that are just in love with animals. So yeah. I mean it's yeah. just part of our it's our therapy I guess too. Mm -hmm. You know because dogs are so loyal and loving yes. and and we love that too. Okay. So and so many people ask me, well, how can you? How can you let your dogs go, your foster dogs go? When you find the right home, it's so easy. You feel good yeah. giving. Yeah. You can see the connection in them, and it's it's amazing. I I love that. Do you? Let's talk about your journey in becoming a dental hygienist, and what motivated you to take on this leadership role in your profession. Well, we're going to start at the very beginning. Okay. So when I was a child, uh, we didn't go to the dentist, and when we did, it was a not a happy, pleasant situation. So I just never went. Even though whenever I grew up, I had dental insurance, I never went. And then one day I thought, no, I really should go before I started having problems. And I found this absolutely wonderful dentist and hygienist in Cleburne where I used to live. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of turned me around. And at that point, the accounting world was kind of um, going off in a different direction. And I thought, I don't want to go in that direction. So we moved to Allen, where they had Collin College. 
and they had just started their hygiene program, I thought, hmm, I think I want to try that. Because <laughs> I want to help people feel comfortable in the dental office. Absolutely. So I did. And then as far as the leadership goes, in 2004, oh, sorry, I'm going to back up. So uh -huh. what, what happened, I applied, I took my prerequisites, and I applied, and I got accepted the first time. And I was in my 40s when I started hygiene school. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was it was fun. I was wow. one of the oldest ones in the class. Not the oldest, but one of the oldest ones. And that was at Collin College? Mm -hmm. You Okay, I yeah. had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And they have a great campus up there. It's really yeah. state-of-the-art. Their clinic is wonderful. And since then, they've redone it. Yeah. It's, it's even nicer now. And they've expanded it. But it was just... It was an eye-opening experience for me because I wanted people to feel comfortable being in a dental office mm -hmm. and let them know that it's really not all that bad. Yeah, yeah. Even though I'm still kind of phobic sometimes <laughs> when I'm in the chair. Right. Yeah. And as far as leadership, once I got involved and graduated, um, I was a, a member as well, TDHA member. I've always been a TDHA member. And in 2004, some people approached me and wanted to join to form a new component, which would we didn't have a name for it yet. So I was one of the founders of the Greater Collin Dental Hygiene Association um, components. And I've been a member of it ever since. I've been president, secretary, treasurer, trustee, immediate past president, vice president, president-elect several times. And that just led me on to once you're a trustee and a component, you are actually on the TDHA board of directors because you're representing that component, bringing information back and forth. So wow. that's what got me involved with TDHA. So I've been a board member of TDHA, gosh, I think since 2007. And wow. I took a little bit of re a little step back because I'm also a myofunctional therapist, and I wanted to get that practice going. And then I came back on the board, I think, in 2017, and I've been on the board since. Wow. So do you still do myofunctional therapy or mm -hmm. not I'm as much? I'm pretty much so retired from that, too. Right, yeah. right. It's, <laughs> Okay. Very important. It really it is. is. It really is. And TDHA is seriously a full-time job when you're president. Mm -hmm. um, and just to let everybody know, it's a volunteer. We don't get paid for this. So it's it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of dedication. It does. I, you know, I commend you for all that because it does. It gets me back into wanting to help and do things just because your inspiration of of being who you are it really helps contribute and helps others. There's so many great people that are now new, even in the American Dental Hygiene Association, um, that are very inspirational, that are now coming together. And Texas, which I find fascinating, is one of the only states with Delaware that with local anesthetic. And so I wanted to kind of touch base on different things as far as that, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Um, Let's see what your main goals and initiatives of the Texas Dental Hygiene Association and how it benefits hygienists in the state. So as far as enrollment and what we can do to help other hygienists and the profession in general, or what are your thoughts? Okay. Well, first of all, we, we protect every hygienist license and profession. Okay. It's very important. Yes. <laughs> And, and we strive to, to advance the dental hygiene profession to ensure access to quality um, oral health care and to represent and promote the interests of dental hygienists. We try to lead the way to unified force to create a community promoting growth of the dental hygiene profession. And we provide training, mm -hmm. resources, and support for all components of the, of the state. We provide professional development and individualized growth opportunities for all interested hygienists. And that does include dental hygiene students as well. And educators. Educators are a big part of our life. Um, we like to pursue the opportunities to advance our profession and to promote the recognition, awareness, and importance of dental hygienists. It's a very important task that you yes. have, and it's the whole state of Texas. Yes. Do you happen, I'll pick your brain, do you happen to know how many hygienists are in the state of Texas or not so much? Like ballpark, you don't have to know exact. I mean, there's a lot. I'm going to say around 12,000, 13,000. Wow. 
Yeah. That's amazing. I think is um, to know that there's that many people and you're having to to collaborate and, and figure things out on a volunteer basis. <laughs> well, now, keep in mind that not all those are members too. So yeah, absolutely. We'd like to have we more. Would love to we have would it. love to have everybody <laughs> yes. join. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be um, it's very important, especially this time, this day, just to be able to be with your association mm-hmm. and form that community because there's so many neat things happening right now so as far as the association how has it adapted its efforts to meet all the changing needs we had COVID times we had all these things that even mannequin testing I mean it's like there's so many uh, avenues that hygiene has taken Um, the challenges of the dental hygienist um, and especially, you know, with all this technological advancement and policy changes, how has the association adopted? It's a very good question. First of all, let's start with policy changes. So the policy changes come from our members. They come from the components. We have an annual conference every year, and that's where we have our House of Delegates. And this is where all of the components, trustees, or delegates come together and they bring forth policy changes. What these policy changes do, that directs the board of directors where they want the board of directors to go. So if they want a new policy in effect, we have to look at that policy and figure out what it takes to get it to happen. Wow. And as far as uh, changes, you know, technology, we're still a little behind. Texas is still a little behind, but you know, have faith, we'll get there. We do have a lot of hygienists that are using the lasers, mm-hmm. which is a very benefit to a lot of practices. Um, we've also advocated for the access to care where a patient can be seen in the office. I'm sorry, can be seen once a year by a dentist and where it used to be every six months. And we had a voice with the teledentistry verbiage, which allowed dental hygienists to practice or to participate in teledentistry in assisted living homes. Wow, long, I didn't know that. Yeah, long-term care facilities, home schools, uh, VA hospitals, and home health care as well. Wow. So hygienists are allowed to go and yes. do teledentistry yes. like with, but you have to be underneath a dentist, yeah, correct? Absolutely, yeah, yes. Yeah, you have to just be to there. be specific about that. <laughs> right. And as far as um, the pandemic, so we are in support of the Interstate Licensure Compact. Okay. Um, and that was a bill that was introduced this session. Yeah. Um, this bill would create reciprocity among participants in the state and reduce the barriers for license prob- uh, probability. Now, what I mean by participant states, they also have to be an interstate compact state. Mm-hmm. And that's a pass. you have to pass legislation for that. Mm-hmm. And I'll be attending the dentist and dental hygienist hygiene compact legislative workshop in Washington, D.C. in September. Oh, how so exciting. Kind of exciting about that. I've been invited <laughs> to, to go to that. We were actually able to testify in support of this at the House this, this past session, and it did pass the House. Unfortunately, it didn't make it through the Senate, though. They didn't even allow a hearing on it, so it died in the process. Wow. Yeah. But we're going to keep pushing, keep, right? Gonna, you know, you never give up. You don't. You just keep going. That's where this profession has expanded over the past hundred, you know, plus years of the ADHJ and all that, because we have, because of the involvement, because of the passions of all the hygienists who are Mm -hmm. trying to create more involvement with communities. Yes. And build relationships and build all the, you know, trust Mm -hmm. and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So, and, and then with the reciprocity, I think that would be, I've been pushing because when, I mean, that's an important thing when you... When you go from state to state, mm-hmm. it's it's a challenge. I've actually thought, well, I've always been a native Dallas Texan. And so if I ever wanted to move anywhere or I wanted to do anything or if there was military, you know, let's say that, how tough would that be? You have to get your licensure in every state. And, I mean, there's so many different laws and regulations. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but nursing and doctors and those other professions, I don't even know attorneys, I'm just throwing things out there, it seems more cohesive where you can go from state to state and hygienists are more regulated. Yes. Well, yeah. it definitely is for nursing because you have the traveling nurses. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the doctors, I don't know about that. And attorneys, I don't know about that. That may be state yeah, mandated. I don't know. But the, the nurses... 
you hear traveling nurses all the time, especially during the pandemic, mm-hmm. which is one thing that we were hoping to get or to have back then and hoping to have in place in case, which we hope it never does. Yeah. But just in case it ever happens again. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's um, and teeth. People don't realize how important teeth and gums are. Oh. I mean, it, it was like, I think they put more value in, uh, on hair sometimes more than they did teeth yeah. and gums. Yeah, it's a pathway to our own systemic, <laughs> our, our oral health, you know. It's just, it's our overall health. We can laugh about it because it seems so ridiculous to us, but people who, you know, would rather have their hair and nails done <laughs> than go to the dentist, um, you know, that's different priorities. There's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's important. Self-care is important, is. but also your health is too. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like you've been a, when you were a hygienist and had an appointment, they had to cancel because they had a hair appointment. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It was like, okay, what do we do? I'm like, okay, it's just your systemic. What's going on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the steps that their association is taking, um, it also, we can kind of go through that and then explain the legislation. I'm not familiar, so for everybody, passing bills, I was not, I know I took government, I know I did all that stuff, but I know teeth. I'm not sure, <laughs> yeah. you know, to get involved. I thought maybe you would be great to educate everyone on passing bills because, when you in the state of Texas, I don't know, is it the same in each state of how I mean, I know things work differently. I have no idea. But in the state of Texas, mm-hmm. we'll kind of go from there. Yes, yes. How does it work? That's a great question as well, because, you know, when you get out of high school and you, you forget your civics class, it's like it's gone. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's gone. And I have learned so much being president elect. I was so involved in the legislative process of TDHA. And it's like, oh, it. It, I had to relearn it. We have a great JC team. We have a great legislative team. We have a great legislative consultant that just was so patient and helped me understand it. So here we go. Okay. Yeah. Bill, explain. Bill Passing 101. <laughs> so with TDHA, first of all, like I said, we have to have a policy from our members to, to be able to pursue something. I mean, we can we can come up with a policy within our board and have it approved by the House of Delegates, but usually it's the members bringing it to us. And when that does require a bill, then this starts the process. The board has a legislative director and a GAC, Government Affairs Council team. Like I say, they work very closely with our lobbyist consultant. Okay. We have three great people right now for the we got them for the price of one. They, they come in as a group. They are amazing. So are these people elected? Is that what they are? Are they no. volunteer? Or what is what is this group? Okay. Yeah. So which group? The the GAC? The GAC and all volunteers. that. Okay. I was, yes. I was just going to clarify. Okay. They're nominated by the by the house. By the house. Okay. Yes. And I'm trying to yes. like make sure I'm understanding. Yes. Yep. And the uh, Government Affairs Committee is appointed by the board. Okay. So the legislative director is voted on. Okay. And then... Everybody else is up like there. on a yearly basis, or is it uh, like something legislative? To is two years, two years. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, because cool. because every legislative that Texas has is every other year. It's every odd year, which is kind of odd to say, but it's not really an odd year. But yeah. it's not an even year, so it's every odd year. Okay. So what happens is when the bill is received and we decide that we want to go for it, so it must be introduced to either the House or the Senate or both, on a timely manner. So what happens once our legislative team gets it, they start working together to come up with verbiage for this bill. Once we have the verbiage and the board votes on it, then we send it to what's called Ledge Council, which is Legislative Council, and they approve or change any of the verbiage that we have. They send it back to us. During this process, our legislative team is monitoring what's going on. And... Once we get it back, then we have to file it with either bill with, with either the House or the Senate. Once it's filed, it will come up for a hearing and with the, within the committee, and it will be voted on. If it's voted out of the committee, it goes to calendars. That's just a term they use. Um, yeah. And, and once it's on calendars, let's say we're going to say it's in the House, okay? And once the House has assigned the committee, which is usually health and human services for us. Mm -hmm. Once they have done that, 
it goes to the Health and Human Services Committee. We can testify if we choose, mm-hmm. and then they vote on it. If it goes out of Health and Human Services on the calendars, it goes to the House of Representatives for the whole House to vote on it. Okay. It has to be a majority and has to pass. Once it does that process, then it goes to the Senate. Okay. And then the whole process starts over again, with the exception of having to present the bill to the legislative council because it's already passed. Everything's already been there, so it's like this step, yeah. But it has to start the process all over again and go through the Senate. Once that's finished, then it goes to the governor's desk for either signature, veto, or it passes without a signature. If he doesn't have get to it in time, and there's a certain cutoff date, I think it's two weeks it has, 10 days or 14 days, it automatically goes in so there's time. There's different timelines um, that things have to be done. There's a set order. Yes. There's a set timeline, and so you have to make sure everybody is on board with. So that's a that's a really big role. Yeah. <laughs> I get it now. We have a great legislative team. Yeah. They are they're really on it, and this year was a little, it was a little more challenging because of the timeline that we were on it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say. I'm going to step back just a little bit. So we have not been able to administer local anesthesia because Mm -hmm. Texas Dental Association, which is TDA, I'll refer to them as TDA, Mm -hmm. had a policy in their statements, which we have policies, they have policies, and that's what we go by. So Mm -hmm. we we totally get it. But they had a policy that did not support dental hygienists giving local anesthesia. What we had to do within that timeline, which we only had a couple of weeks left after this got done, was have their House of Delegates rescind that policy to where they would support hygienist giving. Now, they did change their policy, and it's a little, it's not broad. It's mm-hmm. very, very detailed, where they would support hygienist giving infiltration only, patients over the age of 18, hygiene patients only, and direct supervision. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm not forgetting anything else. Yeah. And, but that's what their policy reads now. We actually got TDA to change, to rescind their policy, their old policy that they've had for 30 years. And what's going to happen, I'll kind of tag on to with all that, is not just after this, I think it was passed, was it end of May? Is that when everything was, um, it was something like that. Something it was this like that, year. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it was end of May. And it was so exciting to hear and see. But then along with that becomes, okay, now what's going to happen next, yes. right? That's right. And so we get all excited about all this stuff, but then there's going to be other policies mm-hmm. and other things of how to go about mm-hmm. doing all this. Yes. Yeah. We can't just go out and start injecting. No. no. So <laughs> next it goes to Texas State Board of Dental Exams, mm-hmm. examiners, I'm sorry, and mm-hmm. they will come up with rules and regulations. Now, this process could take a year to two years right? because they're going to have to come up with the rules and regulations. Now, what are the rules and regulations? The schools are going to have to conform to that, to teaching the new hygienists. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we have hygienists in our state that can administer local anesthesia in other states. Mm-hmm. Then they can administer, administer block, mm-hmm. which is a step up from infiltration. Mm-hmm. What are what are they going to have to do to get certified in Texas? Yeah, and the hygienists that are hygienists, are, you know, clinical hygienists, mm-hmm. what are they going to have to do to get certified? So we've got to get all this together before anybody can even start giving anesthesia. You, it's it's interesting because I have a friend of mine. Like when Katrina hit, mm-hmm. okay. So I have a friend of mine who she had she came to Texas. And she could administer and she could do a lot more than we can in Texas and everything. And she still had to get her licensure. It took her a long time to get her licensure after. So she was out of work. I mean, Katrina hit. Mm -hmm. All these things happened. And it was frustrating to see because she was now she was just trying to fill in and be an assistant or do something in the dental world and keep the connections going and all that. And she was having to, you know, it was it was interesting to see how each state, I learned a little bit about, like, even in the state of Colorado, mm-hmm. uh, you can, you know, in one state you can do one thing, and then you're, in Texas, it's like, oh, hands are tied, mm-hmm. you are not, you're not capable in Texas <laughs> of right. doing that. And it to me, that seems so silly, because we can, you can actually take the like with the anesthesia, you know, a, a dentist takes their certain criteria and their their courses. Why wouldn't a hygienist be able to do 
you know, that as well um, is, is interesting. So um, it's a it's a tough topic. It, it is. It really is. <laughs> and they'll get it all figured out. Yeah. Our next TSBD board meeting, which we will be in attendance, it will be October. The, I'm sorry, October. It's August. Don't ask me what month it is. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's August the 11th, I believe. August like, 11th. I think okay. that's on Friday and the 10th is on Thursday. That's when the committee meetings meet and we will be there during the committee meeting because this will be in the anesthesia committee yeah. so we will be there to help monitor that verbiage on that and and give our input on it as well right is there possibility now that all these things have passed is it possibility that there would be something more verbiage of maybe potential blocks in that or it has to go through the same cycle again has to go through the same cycle. And, in fact, TDA has to rescind yet another policy that they just put into effect because they're only supporting hygienist giving infiltration. Yeah, wow. But what I'm hearing is a lot of positive feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever the vote was taken for to rescind the policy, it was a vote of 101 to 3. Wow. That says something. It does. I mean, I think the dentists are probably tired of getting interrupted every time they need us to come in. We need them to come in and inject our patient. Yeah. You know, they're in the middle of their own procedure. They've got to get up. They've got to take their gloves off. They'll throw them away. Masks thrown away. Wash Mm -hmm. their hands. Re-glove. Re-mask. Come in. Completely change their whole set, mindset. Mm -hmm. Come back. You know, chit-chat with the patient for just a minute. They can't just come in and sit down you know. Yeah, so, you open your mouth and let's throw a dart, yeah, right? Let's just be a stone here. No. It's not going to go in it. It's no. going to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So you've got to get them, get the patient relaxed. And then when they're finished, they've got to do the sewing process again. They've got to take the gloves off, throw away the mask, wash the hands, go back to their patient, get back into, okay, now where was I? It, it's hard on them. Mm-hmm. And if you stop about monetary and look at it, mm-hmm. if we did have block, if you look at what a dentist makes to what a hygienist makes, mm-hmm. It would benefit their office to where they would be able to anesthetize. In a lot of other states, they anesthetize the dentist patients. Mm-hmm. You're looking at probably $15 as opposed to $150. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's. Well, we're, there were several claims of why they wouldn't want hygienists to, you know, administer um, because I know that was tough. I don't know if it was all money because, they, you know, the hygienists might make more money now or they might have to pay more money. I think that was a big concern that, oh, my goodness, hygienists now are going to take over the dental world yes. is my understanding. I don't know. But, it, it, you know, it was a legitimate cause. It wasn't because most hygienists, we care. We care for our patients and we want to do the right thing. And you really are considerate of your dentist. Um, in, and you realize they went to school to do their profession, and um, it's respectful. So right. um, it's not like we're taking over the whole world. And that's absolutely <laughs> right. And that is a shame that they feel that way. Mm-hmm. But I've had several dentists that have told me that that they feel the hygienists are trying to take over. That's not our. That's not. I our don't want to do fillings. I don't want to. No. You know. I know there's certain states that do, but personally, that's not. I'm teeth and gums. I mm. I want to help the foundation part of it. I don't want it the house part of it. Right. <laughs> and to go back on what you said in the first thing, um, what was the first thing you said about the claims of why? Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, as we all know, we don't bill for anesthesia. Mm-hmm. We don't have any difference in what we make if we are allowed to administer anesthesia. It's mainly for the comfort of our patients. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're in the mandibular, uh, in the posterior, you're not going get, to get it numb with infiltration. So we're yeah. still going to have to call the doctors in to do the block when we're doing scaling. To have to do that. Yeah. So the, the claims also, um, one of the other things that I was thinking of is that the claims of um, where everybody, as far as the different states go, mm-hmm. um, that maybe they're thinking that, you know, people are going to migrate to different states. Is that a possibility, you know, instead of staying in Texas? I don't know. Is Was that any kind of issue? Um, no, but let's go back to Katrina. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So 
interstate compact mm-hmm. would have been great for that person. Right Absolutely. Now. You know, it, it would have not only does it help during pandemics, it helps during catastrophes mm-hmm. where if someone is sent from their home into from another state. From flooding or from right, tornado yeah, or, they, yeah. They will come and be able to have a job and support themselves elsewhere mm-hmm. until they can get back to where they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So that's just so important for licensure portability, you know, because we, we as hygienists are a great asset to their office. I, you know, the reciprocity, I just don't understand why it hasn't happened yet. That just blows no. me away because, um, how cool would it be? I know you touched like even if you had like a membership, you know, not, I don't even know if that's a word, but you know, with each state um, that you could just find their jurisprudence, be able to go to the other state, yes. maybe pay a small fee instead of the money grab that you have to get each licensure, your continuing education. You have to do all these things because hygienists, we do, we have to, you still, we still have to take our boards. We still have all this. We have the Western region. We have all these different boards. So how does that work? Well, we all take the national boards yeah. when we graduate. And then the Western regional, I mean, or the REB, Mm-hmm. It's all regional, and it's the clinical part. Mm-hmm. Then jurisprudence, every state has their own jurisprudence, and even if you are in the interstate compact, mm-hmm. you still have to take the interstate compact state's jurisprudence, and you have to practice to their education levels. In other words, like Texas, we have to have 24 CEs every two years. If another state is 30, you have to get 30 yeah. to be able to practice in that state which is a concern for a lot of the people in Texas, some the legislatures and and some just other people that have concerns about it. But we're hoping to get that all straightened out and be able to pass it. There are, they're trying to get seven states to get this rolling. Right now they have three states. It's Washington State, of course. Mm -hmm. They've had anesthesia since, what, 1973. (laughs) (laughs) But, and then um, Tennessee just passed the interstate compact. And then I can't remember. I think it's Iowa. Okay. It's either Iowa or Idaho. I can't remember. One, one of, of the two. two. Yeah, yeah. And then there's two more that are in process right now. Yeah. But they have to have the seven to get it going. So if you had the seven, it wouldn't matter whether you did the Western region. It was. It would just be something you could have the reciprocity to go to different states and then yes. go with their regulations and all as that. As long as you pass their jurisprudence and go by their state criteria. Yes. Yeah. That would be I so I was nice. kind of thinking, even Colorado. I know Colorado and New Mexico, they're a little more forward-thinking, I think, mm-hmm. of they're hygienists and how things are, yeah, evolving more with those states. And I think Oklahoma. In Oklahoma, yeah. yeah. I think, and even Oklahoma, correct me if I'm wrong, too, you know, with all the the nations that have, you know, with their reservations and the different things, um, they have different, I don't know if they have different standards or not either, but it seems like everybody is just trying to help each other out. We're all just trying to, we're trying to get together and, and conquer gum disease, right? Right. <laughs> And, and health. Oklahoma just passed phlebotomy in their office just because of some of the testing that they do for gingival problems. Wow. Is, I didn't know that either. Yeah, they can, they can do some of the tests right there in their office. And they do um, the injections, the um, Botox injections. Yeah. Was it Florida that also does like Botox? Hygienists can do Botox? There's different states. There's different states. Yeah, there's different states that actually that's fascinating too, you know, with Botox. And even the jaw, um, I know there's a lot of things with the masseter muscles Mm -hmm. and having to release the jaw with Botox. That's becoming a big thing because it's not just for the cosmetic part of it. It's the functional functional part. Yeah, absolutely. How cool would that be? I don't know if you've ever known anybody or if anybody that's listening has ever known anybody with with jaw problems mm-hmm. it can be debilitating yeah and to eat Very. and to be able to function mm-hmm. is like i've seen it yes and that became i think the stress even after covid times i feel like it it was even higher yes because people are <laughs> grinding punching and, and stressful and airway and all that right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and seriously no social interaction yeah plays a huge part on it yeah yeah now, i'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist yeah but some common sense. Right. You know, it's just like we've got to get back to being social. 
Right. And I think the other part of it, the artificial intelligence world, is is another factor mm-hmm. that amazes me. There's lots of positives. There's lots of good things, you know, about all that. But it's um, it, the interaction. It becomes mm-hmm. more you and your computer rather than, yeah, than you and your person. Exactly. Yes. I always joke around about robot hope. Like I was going to be on the beach and that I would be, you know, having doing hygiene for somebody somewhere in a different area. And I would be on the beach and there would be robot hope. But nobody <laughs> liked that idea. <laughs> Nobody wanted robot hope. They're like, we want the real hope. (laughs) There you go. See, that's the interaction that you show people. That's what we do. I think it was funny. Um, Okay, so back to – so the association um, supports professional development and continued education of dental hygienists in Texas. So all that is regulated. How does the association support? A lot of ways. Okay. First of all, uh, usually in March or either late March, early April, we have a CE Roadshow. We try to go to um, a place in Texas that's not represented with a component. There are a few in far west Texas that they do not have a component in their area. Those that are members are assigned to either Dallas or Houston or San Antonio or some other component. But it's so far that they really can't participate in there. We try to bring in really good speakers and have it at one of the local colleges there. Um, then we have our leadership summit. This, in fact, that's going to be August the third. This yep. podcast is going to be finished by then. Yeah. But we have two great speakers. We have Nicole Richard, who is a director at National Instruments, and she'll be talking about facilitative leadership. And then we have Dr. Yorm Solomon, who is an author, a speaker, and a podcaster. His books are called The Book of Trust. And that's what he speaks on is how can I trust you? Can you trust me? So it's both. It's trust and trustworthiness. They are both dynamic speakers, and I would really love to see people come out. I would love that. that. I think with um, with all the information, it sounds so it's, – it's awesome that you can learn. I feel like the collaboration of learning from others and with the TDHA putting all this on – it shows the importance of building relationships. Right, because this is not just for professional. Mm-hmm. This is your personal relationship and your professional relationship. Absolutely. So it goes with everything. And then in the fall, we try to have the really fun CE where we do a wine tour. And oh. We have speakers at the wine tours. Sometimes there have been some years where we've had buses. You know, we've been able to get sponsors that they will give us the buses or supply the buses, yeah. and everybody will be on there, and they'll get a CE on the way to the place. But I would like to expand that to have breweries and distilleries as well with mm-hmm. other with other speakers. And then we have our annual conference every year where we do have our House of Delegates, which is kind of fun to watch. I mean, even if you're – you can be a guest at the House of Delegates. You just can't vote, but mm-hmm. you can come see what goes on. And then we offer CEs there. We're having some really good speakers. We're still working on them. We've mm-hmm. had some great speakers in the past, and we have an idea for a couple of really good speakers. When is this going to be? This is going to be in February. It's going to be in San Marcos. Oh, okay. And the leadership summit is going to be in Waco on August the I can't remember the third. August third. Yeah, I think it's the that third. weekend. That's, okay, yeah, it's that Friday. Okay. And but the we have it at the Embassy Suites in San Marcos, the annual conference, and we have about six hundred people there because we cater to the professionals, mm-hmm. the educators. And the students. So we try to encompass everyone. And we try to be very diverse and inclusive. That's what we've been working I on. I love that. Really hard for the last three years. And it's so funny because, you know, ever since we were in hygiene school, what mm-hmm. did we have? We had diverse and inclusion classes, right? We did. You treat mm-hmm. everyone the same. And you, you just get that into your head. And we do. We pay, We treat all of our patients the same. I say no, humanize. We all, yeah. everybody's human. Yes, Exactly. No matter what they have, no matter, you know, what oral problem they have. Mm-hmm. And then we have to go take classes again. I'm thinking, why do we have to do that? <laughs> and then I listen to some people talk, and I'm thinking, oh, that's why we have to go do that. Yeah. And it's it's really eye-opening mm-hmm. that there are so many people that still aren't with it. So that's yeah. one thing that we definitely, definitely promote is. And then we also have an OSHA HIPAA. And that will be a webinar just because we try to to reach the whole state of Texas, Mm -hmm. and that will be in September. 
So the OSHA, that's a yearly, you have to have that as a hygienist, as a yearly, um, you know, to, to have like the training and everything. Yeah. The, the OSHA is every year, and the HIP is every two years, and mm-hmm. the human trafficking is every two years. So we try to put human trafficking in there when we can. Mm-hmm. This year we're looking at something different as far as definitely the OSHA HIPAA, but then how are you charting? Is it legal? Mm-hmm. Is what you're saying what should be said? Maybe a brush-up course on that. Yeah. Something like that. I like to, so just a little bit with me, I, I love the soft skills. I'm a guest speaker for soft skills, and I say my hope and heart skills that, and so in October, I don't know if you know, at the end of October, I'm doing a dental anxiety tour in Austin, which will be with patient fears and retention and helping with the generational fears and things like that. So I've got, I've got some things I'm more the, I say hope goes a long way. Hope and fear kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And I know with patients, my number one rule is to be comfortable. And most hygienists, we are that way, but Mm -hmm. things sometimes get in, in your head. You have other, you know, different things that happen, but I like to focus more. I think the soft skills have gotten me along to keep burnout and all that from happening is to, you know, build your relationships and compassion and empathy with your patients. So, Absolutely. Yeah. That's, so, that's awesome that you're doing that. So that's exciting for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just throwing that in there, too. Now, where is that yeah. going to be? So it's going to be in Austin. I mean, yeah. where? Oh, there is. It's at an art gallery. There's mm-hmm. an, And then it's through Dental CE Masters. So people okay. can go online and click about the dental anxiety tour on dental ce masters and it's ada serp and it's a nonprofit. so um i will be speaking there and putting on that event so and um i also recently formed there's a support group for a dental fear support group for professionals and patients Mm -hmm. on facebook so people can join that i've had some unique patient stories and also from the professional side and i'm trying to get everybody together to collaborate on how we can help people who have experienced and fear and get people mm-hmm. going back to the dentist. Which was me. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. it I I will tell you a story because I'm full of stories too. Okay. We'll kind of sidetrack with okay. but um so in the dating world, I'm gonna give you my dating world story. <laughs> I in even in networking, I'll go to the networking, not just dating and everything. I say I'm a hygienist. The first thing I say is like, hi, my name's Hope. I'm a hygienist and all that. And either you have people run from you or they sit there and tell you all their dental stories. It's a common thing to do or they'll hide their face Mm -hmm. and say, you know, I haven't been to the dentist in a long time. They think you're judging them. I don't judge anybody. I'm there to help, right? But I'm not there. I'm not at work. I'm not there to to critique teeth or anything. I think you can you can fix teeth. You can't fix personality. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, in the networking, I I'm surprised, and I shouldn't be surprised, how many people do not like going to the dentist. Mm-hmm. In my world, I guess my bubble. I always thought everybody enjoyed coming to see me, and it was just you know. And they said no, everybody's not like that. Mm-hmm that they have their traumas, they have their fears. So I've really tapped into that. Mm -hmm. And I've really looked at just something so simple as having small hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, Big hands would intimidate somebody or reasons why people would have a fear. Mm -hmm. So it's important to have discussions and things like that. So that's kind of things that I'm doing. And something as simple as your your essential oils. Yeah. If someone's anxiety, a little lavender, a drop or two of lavender and just... Clip it on their it, yeah on their towel and it's amazing you can just see them relax. It is. I mean, there's so many products, there's so many different things to help others that they don't realize. But yeah. you have to be aware mm-hmm. of their fears. And I think and that's where psych- psychology. It's like that kind of even though we're not therapists, mm-hmm. psychologists per se, you know, we have therapy in the chair. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, it's a common thing where we are people's, I know, even the hairdresser go back to hair and stuff. I mean, they have therapy too. I mean, people, life happens and people need to talk, even with our hands in their mouths, you know, it just happens. (laughs) And we have taken some sociology and psychology classes in our training. Absolutely. We've had a a diverse amount of training, just (laughs) 
People don't realize the education. We'll kind of go there. The education and the structure that you Mm -hmm. have to have as a hygienist, it's not something that um, you just go and all of a sudden you're just this tooth scraper and you're going to just go around and do that. There's a lot of knowledge with pathology. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of knowledge with psychology. There's We have so much knowledge that you have to have and your boards yeah and your boards and do everything so it's you know the education part is so important and we have the continuing education and Mm -hmm. a lot of the things obviously the tdha (laughs) is doing and so that's really it's good to know so everyone can get online look up the tdha website Mm -hmm. and go on there i know the adha we have you know being tdha a component of the adha there's a lot of unique things you can do webinars Mm -hmm. there's events get involved i think that's like the bottom line is really get involved with your community and show some support to other hygienists so we can get this profession growing yeah and that's the main thing is the support absolutely i'm gonna jump down Uh, any success stories or impactful initiatives from the association to promote oral health awareness and access to care in the state i think we've kind of touched base a little bit on that with the um success stories you know with all the the, I think yeah. the main thing was the verbiage that we provided yeah. with TSBDE on the teledentistry because at first the hygienists were not included in that. Yeah. So we we got that verbiage in there. And so to go back to our education, mm-hmm. it's another thing that we do as legislative team. We sit down with the representatives and the senators. We make appointments. We go visit them in Austin. And we could visit them in our own area as well. Mm-hmm. And we let them know how educated we are mm-hmm. and what our capabilities are and our level of expertise and care that the patients need. We also listen to what their needs are in the community where they feel the health care and the oral care needs to be. Yeah. And we are there to provide, to be their, their sounding board. We're, we're there for any input, any, I'm looking for a word here, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, you're there for their support and yeah, their management. We're of, know that we are there mm-hmm. as their resource. Absolutely. To help them to make them you know, look better and to help them do their job better. So we're mm-hmm. there to support. I love that. So we'll talk aspiring dental hygienists. Um, mm. There is <laughs> considering leadership roles and their professionals and association. I, you know, like I said, back in the day with the SADA, Student American Dental Hygiene Association, I was involved. I can't remember all the things that I had to do. I know there was a lot. I think it was a blur going through um, getting my yeah. bachelor's of science degree <laughs> yeah. in dental hygiene. It was just there was so much involved. So mm-hmm. back in the day, you know, almost 30 years ago, um, it was it was different times. Mm-hmm. Now we're such forward thinking. We have such leadership roles and positions. There's so many other avenues that hygienists can do. Like you said, like teledentistry, which I find mm-hmm. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, in going over well, health care, you know, things like that. Um, what advice would you give to the aspiring dental hygienist? First of all, you've got to join. Yeah. Once you graduate, you've got to continue your membership. It, it shows, it, and there's, you want to get membership to your ADHA, TDHA, and then your local component. And then attend your component board meetings. See what goes on behind the scenes. Join a committee. Get on a committee for TDHA or your local component to see what it's like. Find where your strengths are Mm -hmm. and work on those strengths of how you can help develop our profession and make it go forward. And everyone is so needed. So speaking of membership, what it does, I think a lot of people don't understand what it does for them personally. Right. Okay. I get that. You know, you put a lot into your day. You have families. You have kids. And it's like, okay, what's it going to do for me personally? Well, Mm -hmm. you're able to go buy your Starbucks coffee because you have a license. We're protecting that license for you. And we're not letting it go backwards. Mm -hmm. If we weren't there helping you, it would go backwards. And we would not be able to make what we make. We would not be able to go to Starbucks Mm -hmm. for our coffee. I don't, I don't do Starbucks. But, it's not you know, just that. Yeah. I get it. And, you know, like, just to be able to analogy. go to the grocery store, yes. go do anything yes. that you were needing yes. to function. Yes. Yeah. And and what we do is 
we protect that. I forgot where I was going with this. No, um, yeah, absolutely. You protect the the people oh. behind the scenes right. of. So it's it's very important to know that you have the hygienist backing right. in the right. state of Texas. And mm-hmm. and when you do join, and the TDHA or the ADHA, you're showing that you support what TDHA is doing to protect your license. Mm-hmm. So you can go to Starbucks mm-hmm. or get groceries or, or do, do whatever. whatever you're wanting to do because yeah. this is it's a profession. It's not just a job that you are um, doing exactly. for a year mm-hmm. and then you like, OK, what am I going to do now? You know, we're not to me. Yeah. We're not just two scrapers. We're yeah. all healthcare professionals. We are. Pro- yes, absolutely. And, and we're here to protect that. Absolutely. That, that, that idea and that title. Well, I'll kind of jump around a little bit and say, I guess there's lots of research, there's lots of educational initiatives with the association, practicing dental hygiene. Um, I will say, if you had a magic dental wand, okay, (laughs) what dental-related superpower would you have? If there was some kind of superpower, what would you have? So, better access to care for rural underserved areas utilizing hygienists to their fullest potential. I think that would be awesome to come up with a program, and this is something that TDHA is thinking about, to utilize teledentistry. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, as you said earlier, teledentistry is with a hygienist and a dentist. Mm-hmm. We cannot go out there on our own and practice. But having teledentistry and having the dentist have like a nomad mm-hmm. for your radiographs, Doing a Zoom, showing them the radiographs, going over what you found, letting them look on Zoom. That's amazing. And then we can get started. But along with that teledentistry, I would love to have my wand go to the legislation and change it to blog. I mean, they can't do it without starting Mm -hmm. the process over again, Mm -hmm. but eventually. To where when we are in the field, we've got that patient there. We are not in a brick-and-mortar office. Mm-hmm. So we've got that patient there. We see this patient has a disease. We don't want this to progress to the oral, to the system. So we can go ahead and anesthetize with the blog, and this would be under indirect supervision, not direct supervision, and we would be able to scale and root plane that patient right there and take care of that patient in that location. Instead of losing that patient in the future because they don't have access to go to a brick-and-mortar office. I and think, it's so far away. Yeah, so it's interesting you say that because even the mobile dentistry has become such a big topic. And I know Texas is still behind on that as well because there's different states that you can go and expand your dental hygiene and be more mobile mm-hmm. and reach the people that need to be reached, right? Right. And Texas is such a big state. There's still parts of Texas where they cannot get to. Mm-hmm. They just they can't get there, which no. is which is really sad whenever you're looking down, like down in South Texas. And there are some mobile dentistry businesses that, yeah, sometimes it's, yeah, yeah there have been. They, they're having um, difficult times. Yeah, they which, have had their share of times. Which is a COVID. But, yeah. You know, we don't know. Yeah. But. What about, okay, so dentist and dental hygienist, we work as a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you share any humorous antidote from collaborating with a dentist or another colleague? Is well, there something? You know, I, I take dentistry very professionally and very mm-hmm. serious. Mm-hmm. So when I'm with a dentist, it's usually very professional. Right. And we talk business and all. So, and, and the same thing with the whole office. I mean, sure, we have fun, mm-hmm. but yet we're we're business. We're there to Strictly be business. Right, yeah. and, right. Uh, even though, and I, I did used to tease the last dentist I worked for, that he had six women work in his office and he had six dental wives. Yes. <laughs> and we never hurt him. Yeah. So that was good. But I think the thing <laughs> as far as what really stands out in my mind, what used to really tickle me, I used to volunteer. I've always volunteered. I've mm-hmm. always given back to the community. And Dallas Life Foundation, which is a homeless shelter in Dallas, mm-hmm. I used to volunteer on Fridays there as their hygienist. Okay. And they would see me pull up in my car. It's like they were waiting. And they would see me, and they'd see me walk up the steps, and you could hear them going, the cleaning lady's here, the cleaning lady's here. And they'd make a beeline for the door. And they would all line up waiting to see me. Wow. And I love those people. 
Their stories are amazing. I, they're so appreciative. Yes, I find it so fascinating. And that's what I was saying, even with me networking and, and talking to people about dentistry and saying I'm a hygienist, how the response that you get. I love the positive energy from people who they're so grateful to see you. And that's so rewarding just to get that yes. that feedback. And yeah. that's what we love. Yes. We don't want somebody going, I hate you. <laughs> right? <laughs> Nobody wants to hear, I hate you. Yeah, but you, you know, know, when they say that, they usually have a smile on their face. <laughs> they do. I was like, nobody can. They look at me and they go, oh, okay. You know, they're like, no, you're right. Yeah. Um, so... Um, as the president of the Texas Dental Hygiene Association, do you have any um, rituals or lucky <laughs> charms or is there anything, you know, like in sports events? Mm -hmm. I'm a big sports person. Do you, I mean, wear the same hat when you go to the legislature, you know, when you're presenting or where you have no lucky charms or rituals? Nope. It's usually, I'm usually too busy and too focused. <laughs> now, I will admit there is a particular senator that we have really been trying to target and get to know her better mm -hmm. okay and she went to a particular college and we know what color she likes okay and so when we do get a chance to go see her we do try to wear that color okay but that's about it but that's it there's no, no like usually you know have like a lucky star no. or like a, a stress ball or something <laughs> Oh, I always have one of those or the little putty. I always have that Something, with me. Yes. Yeah. We <laughs> are such, oral, we're like hands creatures, you know, mm -hmm. that we're doing things with our hands like all the time. Yep. There's that little, you know, it's, so it is interesting. I love those little stress balls and everything. <laughs> yes. They make all different ones. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, okay. Can, yes. Yeah. Like the one that's, you know, stay calm and continue or continue on yeah, or something. Continue. Yeah. yeah. The ones with the little things on them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, yeah. I um I don't have any lucky charms when I go into work, so it's you know <laughs> it's just yeah. me. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I would have my lucky um, scrub cap or something. You know, when there's a ball game, you know that I'm really wanting to win. But go. but other than that, I, I don't I don't really have anything either. But maybe if I went to the legislature, maybe I'll I'll think of something. Maybe I'll give you something, a lucky token or something there on you your go. way. <laughs> I'll have to find something for you, and that way we can have it. There you go. That'll work. <laughs> and you could say, hey, the bill passed. Past, you know, <laughs> really? I had that. Yeah, maybe yeah. you never know what's going to happen, or I can you hand don't. out little, you know, something of hope. I don't know. Yeah. Um, let's kind of wrap this up and conclude with how dental hygienists can get involved. We've touched base a little bit about the work and contribute to the mission of the Texas Dental Hygiene Association. Membership is so important, which we have stressed heavily. Get involved. But do you have any other things that you would like to share? Basically, being a member, showing us that you support us is seriously, that is it. That's what the representatives and the senators look at. And I'm not going to use the word, I'm not going to use the word numbers, okay? Yeah. They look at it as these people's... This Supporting is, the community. This, this is how many people, mm -hmm. how many hygienists there are. They know how many hygienists there are in the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. And there's only this many members. Maybe they don't support what TDHA is doing, so therefore why should I support what they're trying to tell me? Mm -hmm. And I think that is a, that's a huge impact is getting our membership up mm -hmm. so i think that says a lot because in any group you want as many people supporting you as you can and you want the right things out there and you are putting the right things out there to move the hygiene world forward and to get everybody into the forward thinking that texas is not just this state that you can't it's hard to get your licensure and you can't have, go anywhere and you can't do anything and you are just this person that's a, in the chair is sometimes you feel like, you know, but we have so much more to give and we have so much education yes. and there's so much out there to really uh, get out there and, and do things that are going to go beyond the dental chair. If you're, if oh. you're not happy, yes. if you're burnout, there's so many other things, like you said, with the teledentistry, there's you know, giving out public health, there's there's a lot of different avenues that we can, as hygienists, you know, there's so much that the that we can do to support each other because we all have different strengths. We all have different things that we like to give. And just because 
I like what some, you know, doesn't mean that somebody else wouldn't like something else. And you build on each other's strengths, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. And you learn how to work together with each other's strengths. Yeah, teamwork. Yes, teamwork is so important. So, and it's so easy to join. Going back to that, you you go to the ADHA website, there's a join button. Mm -hmm. You can hit the button and you can choose to either pay annually, which is less than a dollar a day, or you can do quarterly payments. Yeah. And those quarterly payments, I don't know, I think they're like $79, something around that. And they just charge it to your charge card. And you just you don't even know it. But yet you're there supporting. With all the payments and everything else, it goes towards, you know, kind of touch base on what all the, the money that everybody contributes goes towards helping the profession. Maybe share yes. with what well, that. It goes to our annual conference. It goes to our CEs. It goes to our lobbyist, which is a huge expense. And it goes like supplies, software. Communications is a big thing right now because that was one of the main concerns in the past, which we have opened up our line of communications. We have software where we get the word out to everybody. Every hygienist that's on our mailing list, they get a communication. Mm -hmm. It's called Constant Contact, and we have opened that up, and that just, it costs money. Everything costs money. money. It does. I mean, even the food annual conference, I don't think people understand it. It's $50 a plate per person, and when we have 600 people there... I mean, it's expensive to, to put mm-hmm. these programs on. Our speakers charge in the thousands of dollars, and they're not always sponsored. Mm-hmm. So we, ha- we get to pay for that for you to mm-hmm. continue your education. And we do strive to find the professional speakers that are very diverse in all different subjects. No, we don't do the same thing every year, mm-hmm. and that's what, that's what we do for you I guys. think it's incredible. So is there anything else you want the listeners to know about the Texas Dental Hygiene Association or the field of dental hygiene or any other upcoming? I know you have the, on August, at the beginning of August, mm-hmm. you have all that going on. We have a lot of other things you can click on the website. Um, is there anything else that is coming to fruition that would be so exciting that you'd want? <laughs> I well, think this is all pretty yeah. exciting, honestly. Well, I, I think we've talked about so much information. Yeah. So I think just... If you're thinking about being a hygienist, it's a great career. Mm-hmm. It's it's very um, fluid as far as you can kind of make your own schedule if you choose. You can work temp work, which you can work the days you want to. You don't have to work if you don't want to. Yeah. It's very good money. And you're helping people. Yeah. I think the important will kind of wrap up, you know, as far as helping others. Mm-hmm. And if you are a person who loves teeth, that's how I got into it. If you love teeth, and and it's not something I could never honestly be a nurse. I don't like anything else in the rest of the – but the mouth has always been a fascination of mine, which sounds kind of silly, but – but that's who that's my that's my expertise and and dealing with people and so if you are that type of person i think people look at me and they say hey hope you make things look so easy right they i've had people shadow me a lot mm-hmm. over the years oh, yeah. and they look at you and they go wow it looks so easy it's not an easy profession it's no. something that we are very professional about and everybody who joins into the dental hygiene world, we have this bond. Yes. And it's an empathy and compassion bond where we can feel for others. And I think it's a very genuine connection that a lot of people have. Not to say everybody's like that. I'm not in my – I do live in my little happy bubble and – and I'd like to think everybody's on the same page. Some people get into hygiene because they, they do want the money. Mm-hmm. Um, but a majority of hygienists, I think, are out there to help make a difference. Mm-hmm. And being a leader like Kathy um, and sharing these inspirational stories and the legislature and how things work, which I had no idea. I need to get more involved, obviously, with mm-hmm. with the legislature and, and get into helping pass these bills. So the more people we have to help us and to join the membership and mm-hmm. to get on board, Texas can move mountains, right? Right. We could. Yes. I, I think it would. And Th- so, so yeah. my strong point on being a hygienist was the fear. Mm-hmm. And so helping people come over the fear. 
And when you do have the hygienists that just join for money, mm-hmm. those are the ones that get burned out first and they leave hygiene, mm-hmm. which is very, very sad just because our hearts are in it for the patient and for the health care, for their benefit. I know everyone that says, how have you been doing it this long? And it is because of the the patients Mm -hmm. have got me through. Yes. And it's also the professionals, you know, that I have connected with over the years. I think it's it's a huge collaborative effect between the patients and the professionals. So, yeah. And and that's another thing about TDHA, networking. You make lifelong friends Mm -hmm. that you never would have had the opportunity. And I love you. So obviously, you (laughs) you know, um, this has been it's been quite an experience. And I love having you come to the studio and and sharing all your wonderful insight with me, because I think it's so important for everybody to know what's going on in Texas. It is. And how can we continue to go forward with that? Absolutely. Thank you, Kathy, so much for being on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Gums and Gossip and your host, Hope Lloyd. If you liked what you heard, help us spread the word by leaving a review wherever you get your podcast and tell a friend. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and we'll see you again next time.